0: Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thank you for joining us for Positively Dad. My name is James Shaw. I'm your host. I'm a dad. My wife Terry and I have a soon to be second grader, and uh, I started Positively Dad earlier this year just to be a resource for dads. You know, when I found out I was going to be a dad seven years ago, I said, I want to be the best one. I think we all would want to be the best dad. That's kind of our goal. And so I went out just looking for books and resources and different things, and, and I didn't find a lot. I think most of the stuff out there in the parenting world is designed for moms, and and so Positively Dad had been on my mind, and finally, earlier this year, back in March, I started it, and I want to thank you for listening. The goal is just to be a resource to you, to have conversations about things that maybe we aren't having and that maybe we should, or to connect you to people that can help us grow as as parents, as partners, and as men. We do two podcasts every single week. This one comes out every Monday, and it's where I talk to an expert about something that can help us get better or help educate us. And then on Thursdays, we do our Dad Talk episodes where we talk to just a dad about being a dad. And, uh, and so I'm excited for you to listen to both of those, and I thank those of you who do. Today, what we're going to do is look at that transition from fifth grade to sixth grade. You probably remember it. It might have been a little bit awkward for you. And, and, and there's some research that's come out of the University of Wisconsin that looks at making that transition easier. Because here's what happens. When, when students move from fifth grade to sixth grade, and then again when they move from eighth grade to ninth grade, so your traditional breaks in schools, right, elementary school into middle school, and then middle school into high school, you traditionally see a decline in grades and an uptick in, you know, challenges that involve some sort of discipline from the school. And so how do we get around that? How do we make it less awkward? Because there's so much stuff going on. You've got, you know, in fifth grade, maybe you're just in one class, or maybe you have a couple of teachers. And in sixth grade, traditionally, you might start to have a locker and move from class to class to class to class to class. And you've gone from being the oldest in school to now the youngest in school. And so there's just a whole bunch of changes academically, and there's a whole bunch of changes socially, and then let's just be quite frank, it's an awkward time in our lives. So how can we make it easier? That's what we're going to look at today. Our guest today is Dr. Jeffrey Borman. He's from the University of Wisconsin, and his team did the research right there in the school district in Madison, Wisconsin, with every single sixth grader. And they just did a short little project every single morning to help make that transition easier. And what they found was grades went up and disciplinary issues went down. So I'm excited to talk with him because This year in the United States, as we go back to school, we'll have almost 4 million students moving into sixth grade. So what if we could make it a little bit easier? That's what we're going to talk about today, learn what they did and what we can do as parents. Dr. Borman, thank you so much for joining us on Positively Dad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure.
0: So tell me a little bit about the study that you did. It was pretty interesting.
1: I think, as you know, the transition to middle school is a really difficult and challenging time, but full of a lot of opportunities for kids as well. Um, as kids are beginning to enter adolescence, they're undergoing all sorts of developmental changes. Um, actually, changes that they're experiencing during early adolescence are more profound than at any other time of life outside of the dramatic changes a kid experiences from birth to two years old. And then piled on top of all that, we're asking um, these emerging adolescents to um, make a big move to um, an unfamiliar school and to leave the care of that one elementary school teacher they were nurtured and cared for during the previous academic year, suddenly to a context where they have to get to know the personalities of four, five, six new adults in their world who um, will be teaching them different subjects across different classrooms that kids need to find their way to. And they've got to remember locker numbers and um, locker combinations and all sorts of new things, not to mention interacting with a lot of kids who probably are looking pretty physically um, imposing to them as Mm -hmm. kids are growing so much. Um, during those years, an eighth grader can look pretty intimidating to, uh, a little uh, entering sixth grader. So we realized that there's a lot going on in this space um, when kids make the transition to elementary school, both with, or make the transition from elementary to middle school, I should say, um, both within the minds of, uh, and the bodies of these uh, emerging adolescents and um, in the school context that they're about to um, uh, experience.
0: So you guys found that there are some really simple things, though, that can make this transition a lot easier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it it's relatively simple, but it's also nuanced in the way that we deliver these messages. So... Basically, the message is um, one that psychologists kind of talk about as normalizing adversity. And that is making students understand that there's not something inherently wrong with them, um, the difficulties they're experiencing when they make this transition to middle school don't necessarily mean that they're socially socially inept or that they're academically not going to be able to make it. It's just that everybody's experiencing these kinds of challenges Um, and very few kids um, come out not feeling at some point that they didn't have anybody to sit next to at the lunchroom uh, or that they didn't do as well as they would have hoped on a classroom assignment. And that bad day that a, a kid might experience at that critical transition can send a message that I can't hack it. I'm not going to be popular. I'm not going to be successful as a student. And those messages can be very scary um, for young adolescents as they're really – quite reflective and, and um, very sensitive to um, the um, reactions of others and how they're perceived um, in their environment. And those kinds of negative perceptions that kids hold in their, their heads can really um, sabotage their efforts to um, make this successful transition. So that's one message that we tried to convey to kids that, hey, this is a shared experience. Everybody goes through this. It's normal. Um, the other message is is that um, there are people there to help you. That um, your teachers, although you have to deal with, you know, many more of them, and although those relationships may seem a bit more distant to you because you're navigating all these different classrooms and so forth, and they're giving you grades now, which seem to matter a whole lot more than they did back in elementary school, if you even got grades back in elementary school. Um, but uh, that those teachers are caring people too and um, they're willing to help you and they're willing to um, provide some help when you don't feel like you're doing as well um, academically and even if you're having a a bad day um, socially, that these are adults who are in that school um, to help you. And um, so we conveyed those two very simple messages that um, adults are there to help you um, and that, uh, hey, this is a normal experience. There's not something wrong with you.
0: Yeah. Well, what a great message to send because I don't think if you asked anyone, hey, would you want to do middle school over again? I can't <laughs> imagine anyone would say yes because of all of the things that you just mentioned. So right. what I found what I found interesting was you just had this a, a group of students do some short what reading and writing sort of exercises, I guess to really kind of change their mindset. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Talk about that. What were they reading? What were they writing?
1: Okay, well, so there. you're right. There were um, two uh, 15-minute writing exercises. Um, It involved um, initially some reading um, that kids did, and this is where we get at some of the nuances of this um, activity. And the way that we designed... Um, the activity was that um, we wanted kids to understand that these messages weren't coming from an adult, they weren't coming from a researcher, um, they were coming from other students like themselves. And so we designed um, this writing prompt in a way that the stories that came out, uh, the quotes that we elicited um, in, in this uh, assignment that we put in front of students was one that um, came out in terms of the voices of real students who had presumably attended their school the previous year and had just gone through this transition. And the stories um, and the quotes from these students that um, are portrayed in the writing exercises say things, you know, like, um, it was hard for me to, uh, make this transition to middle school at first, but my teachers were there to support me and other classmates, um, I made friends with and, um, things, uh, things turned out okay. And by the end of, um, uh, the sixth grade, I felt like I had really found my place and I felt like I, I fit in. And so when, when teachers, when, when students, um, who received these messages realized that, hey, these came from other students who are my peers and who were in the exact same situation I'm in now, and they got through it okay, and these are their stories. I think that would have made it more believable to the kids who um, were doing these reading and writing activities and made it sound as though we weren't trying to impart some kind of lesson to them or give them advice, but these were just stories, anecdotes, that other kids shared that um, might be helpful to them.
0: And, well, it seems like that if, if it's coming from your peers, it's going to, I, I don't know, maybe you're more open to receive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the case with um, uh, most Adolescents um, that uh, they're much more willing to take advice or um, listen to a peer than an adult. That's um, I, my daughter's now 19, and I believe me, I've been through that before. That um, sometimes, sometimes the peers um, are much more powerful, and their voices can um, sometimes mute uh, the parent's voice, and so i have been there, I know, <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, I would tell you my dad's a lot smarter now that I'm a parent, I mean, I'll tell you it's it's yeah. quite fascinating <laughs>
1: right it's funny how that happens <laughs> it, it absolutely
0: is now then you saw the other thing that was really intriguing about your research and why I wanted to have you on is that you had this the group of students who was do were doing these reading exercises and the writing exercises actually had you know better things happen for them in in school than what you would traditionally see, right, as far as discipline and stuff like that.
1: Right, exactly. So typically what happens um, during the the transition to middle school, and we have some really good research on this um, from other folks in the field that show... Um, when kids make this transition to a traditional middle school or um, junior high school, and 90% of the kids in our country uh, make this transition from an elementary to a junior or middle school, um, when they make that transition, their grades tank um, they get much lower grade point averages and that decline continues as kids go through junior high school and even into high school. Um, what we also see is often that um, attendance drops um, that in for many kids, uh, behavioral referrals or getting in trouble at school, suspensions, um, that sort of thing. Those um, rise as kids go through school. So, what our intervention did was basically prevent all those bad things from happening. Um, so students who um, engaged in our reading and writing activity, they missed fewer days of school. Uh, they got sent to the principal's office less often and um, they got better grades. Um, in addition, we, uh, fielded some surveys to students to um, ask them about uh, kind of their well-being and um, their social psychological adjustment to middle school. And students reported that they had better relationships with their teachers and their classmates. They also said that they were less anxious about taking big tests. And um, they were really motivated to do well in their classes and perform well in school. And so those positive attitudes helped students um, go to school more regularly, get in trouble at school less often, and ultimately they got uh, better grades.
0: So this sounds like something that like, every middle school in the country should
1: adopt. Well, that's exactly what I said when, when, I, when I saw these results. And, in fact, um, we have successfully now um, replicated these results in terms of uh, um, grades for students in another school district um, where we received funding to um, carry out what's called a replication um, and uh, found a very similar impacts on students' grades uh, in Arizona. Um, and now uh, my wife, uh, Trisha Borma, and I, um, she's a, a researcher just like me. And we're um, looking into how this uh, intervention might impact kids down in Texas.
0: Wow. Yeah, because you did this in the local school district there in Madison, Wisconsin. That's and right. is this program continuing there? Have, have they, have they you know, instituted this? Or was it just kind of part of the research and they've moved on?
1: Well, at first, um, it was just, you know, engage in the research and then let's go our separate ways. But since then, I've been in discussion with them, and they're really quite excited about these results. And um, they're really quite excited about this particular idea of um, really encouraging belonging among students. And so we've picked up conversations now once again to... um, begin another effort to uh, roll out these um, writing activities within the Madison schools. So we're working on that. That's great. That's great. So,
0: okay. So if I'm not in Madison schools and if I'm not in the school district in Arizona and possibly this one in Texas, um, then what advice might you give to mom and dad to be able to help if they've got someone, you know, they've got a kid that's just graduated from fifth grade now going into middle school, whether it's, you know, this week or next week or whatever, it's back to school time. What advice would you give about how to help ease the transition?
1: Right, right. Well, um, I guess my first bit of advice would be if the option is available, um, and some school districts are like this, where um, they have K-8 through 8 schools um, as opposed to distinct elementary schools and middle schools, one thing I might encourage parents to do is enroll their kids in K-8 to schools and avoid this whole middle school transition altogether. Um, so that would be one option. But um, uh, granted that not many parents have that option, like I said. About well, yeah, because 90- you
0: may have to go private that way, and so that may just not be an option, right, for, for many families.
1: Right. But there are, you know, there are an increasing number of um, school districts across the country that are beginning to realize that this middle school transition is difficult and that um, they've specifically designed now um, these kindergarten through eighth grade schools that put off that transition until um, high school. So your research
0: would say that would be the preferred way to go is to find a through a eight type that school could, well
1: that that could be that could be one that could be one um, answer right. but I think you know absent that um, absent that option being available, which is um, you know likely to be the case in many school districts that um, second what, what parents might do if, if that option isn't available to them is to encourage their um, their children to uh, develop positive relationships with their teachers and um, to ask them for help when, when it's needed. That um, even though these, um, they're, they're new uh, teachers who they're just getting to know and they don't have as many um, opportunities to uh, really hang out with them in the same classroom all day long and get to know them quite as well as perhaps they did their elementary school teachers, These are caring adults, and they're um, teaching in our schools because um, the vast majority of them really care quite a lot about kids. And um, a lot of teachers um, do uh, the things that our intervention does. They help reassure kids that um, they will belong and they will fit in. And so I think going to teachers who they can trust in their school when they need help Um, is also another bit of advice that I would give to parents.
0: And you're not talking just, I mean, you're talking help academically. You're also, though, talking help socially, help fitting in. I mean, like we said in the beginning, this is just a very, very interesting time in our lives.
1: Right, right, exactly. That, That help could come in the form of both, you know, help with academics, but then also that um providing some counseling with respect to um social difficulties um or tra- you know difficulties they're having with the transition there are other um very capable school counselors um other adults in the building who can help kids when they when they have trouble
0: were you surprised by the results in this that that you know that I guess that schools didn't have as much issue with discipline that kids were coming to school more and grades went up did any of that surprise you
1: well, I'll tell you what did surprise me. I, 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 I mean, this, this, these results are pretty amazing. That across the board, we found all of these positive impacts. I thought maybe um, we wouldn't have the same kind of impacts on, um, on, uh, uh, for instance, behavioral referrals or attendance rates. Um, I thought we might see some movement on grades, and I thought we would definitely see. Um, some changes in terms of uh, students' reports of, of well-being and kind of these other social psychological outcomes. But, yeah, so I guess that did surprise me. The other piece that surprised me was that in previous research, there's been work done at the secondary or – I'm sorry, at the um, college level where um, folks have designed similar kinds of um, activities – to help ease the transition from um, high school to elite kinds of colleges like Stanford. And those studies, what they revealed was that these kinds of activities, these kinds of interventions, really only helped um, those students who were historically underrepresented in elite institutions like Stanford. Um, and these were typically students of color um, and um, students who uh, were first generation college students. Um, the, we, so we saw the main impacts for those kids. And so we went into this space in middle school thinking we might find similar kinds of impacts that were restricted only to, um, for instance, African-American and Latino kids who um, are a large population within the Madison schools, but still only about 50% of the kids all told. Um, what we found was quite um, remarkable in that this helped all the kids in, in middle school. It didn't. It didn't matter whether you were a girl or a boy, or what the color of your skin was, or how rich or poor you were. It helped everybody, and that was kind of the most surprising thing. I thought that. Um, and and I think it just further underlines that this period is difficult for everybody, you know, and it's not as though it's just um, a difficult experience for one group of kids. But again, it just it, it, it kind of underlines the fact that this is a shared experience that's difficult for a lot of kids.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So as we wrap up, what's the final thing you'd want these dads to know, you know, if they've got a kid making that transition?
1: Well, I, I think that, um, there's just, there are just little things that, that can be done to, um, help, uh, your kids make this transition. I, I, you know, when I went, uh, through this with, with my daughter, she was reluctant to go to school. Um, and I went with her to school and actually walked her up to the classroom and, um, you know, reassured her that it would be okay, and eventually she kind of got through it, but it was a rough period of time for me, so I I would just say be there and and be um, sensitive that this is a tough period for a lot of kids, and they still love you, and they still look up to you as um, one of the most important adults um in in their world, and what you can do to just deliver simple messages that you know um, you're there for them, and that there are other adults there for them in the school that care about them too, um, that those can those those small things can make a big difference.
0: Well, it's fascinating stuff and and i I do thank you so much for just taking the time out to to share it with us. Um, you know, we're heading back to school here in a couple of weeks. I imagine that things are getting busy up in Madison as well as the college students come back and um, so yeah, I mean, quite a fascinating time and and I appreciate your your willingness to join us. I think the last thing that I want to mention is, This study didn't cost a lot for, I mean, for a school (laughs) to be able to implement this. This is pretty inexpensive.
1: Yeah, that's right. So um, my estimate is that um, for the four sheets of paper that um, we needed to uh, prepare and um, for the thirty minutes of um time that we asked for um from teachers to administer these two activities um the total cost of the teacher's time and um the printing costs amounted to about a dollar thirty five per student <laughs> now now uh, what's really interesting is is that um there was a recent um review done by um some other academics and um They concluded that um, the top six most popular, um, what we call social emotional learning um, programs, um, that really try to teach kids that um, uh, more about um, emotions and emotion regulation and more about. just kind of some of these important social, psychological um, personality characteristics that are important for success in school. On average, those six most popular interventions cost $581 per student. Um, so there's quite a big difference between the cost of of this um, intervention versus what most schools are doing out there in terms of uh, social, emotional learning. Yeah,
0: I mean, if you're looking for a return on investment, um, hello.
1: Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly.
0: No question. Well, Dr. Borman, I do appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you, James.
0: What valuable information from Dr. Borman and his team at the University of Wisconsin. And there's a lot of stuff that in there makes sense. It, it, It comes down, here was my takeaway, it comes down to mindset. And the exercises that those kids were doing in the morning were mindset exercises. They're reading quotes that are loosely taken from other students about, you know, how thankful they were they had teachers to help or how they felt as well. Then they're doing a little writing exercise about how they feel. So what can we as parents do? You know, he said, if you can have them in a K through eight where we are, that's not an option unless you go private. And so that may not be an option for you. So what can you do? We'll talk about it. Take some time to talk about how they're feeling at school, whether it's going into middle school or our daughter this year is going to go to a brand new school for second grade. And so are we talking about it with them and how was, how did it go? And, and, you know, what are you excited about? What are you nervous about? What happened today? And, and I know those conversations are just always perfect, right? <laughs> no, they're not. And, and you know, let's have them. Let's have them. The other thing that as I researched this was get involved if you can whether you know and that doesn't mean you have to go to school every single day it just may mean that you're communicating with the teachers um, you know there's probably some sort of get you know back to school night that you can go to before school begins did you drive by the school as well and show it to them just what can you do to help prepare them mentally and then for you to get involved I think is going to help you out a lot well as I said earlier Naomi is going to go to a brand new school this year we're moving her from where she was for kindergarten and first grade. To a different school for second grade. And that's what she wants to talk with you about today. So here she is. Here's Naomi with the Kids Corner. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the Kids Corner with your host, Naomi.
1: Hello, this is Naomi Shaw. And today we're going to talk about, well, my new school. And it's kind of scary at your first day of school.
0: So, you know, you get like butterflies in your stomach and it's like Gross. I don't like when that happens to me, but luckily I'm going to get new friends, have a new teacher, have fun, and it's just going to be awesome. That's it for Naomi's Corner. Have a great day. Bye. I love her attitude about it. Go have fun, make new friends, and it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So as parents, let's be there for them as we go back to school. Maybe they're in the same school, maybe they're getting to a new school, or like we heard today, they're going from 5th grade to 6th grade, and that transition can be awkward. So let's be there for them, let's ask them questions, let's see how they're doing, let's get involved and engage with those teachers. And then maybe reach out to your school administrator. Let them know about the study you just listened to, and maybe that's something they could bring in. Look, the cost was nothing. It was it was barely anything, and so maybe there's a way to bring that into more schools and help make that transition a lot easier. I want to thank you for listening to Positively Dad. We are so honored that you take time out to listen to this podcast. So would you do us a favor if you like it? Would you rate it? Five stars, please. And then share it with people that you know. And whatever device you're listening on, subscribe so that it gets downloaded right away and you never miss an episode. Finally, if you know of someone that we should have on Positively Dad, send me an email, james at positivelydad.com. Or let us know through any of our social media pages, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Positively Dad. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Shaw, and I'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.